Hi, amazing listeners. On this episode, it's going to be super good. Uh, The guest I have on is super amazing, and she's also a super mom. So around the 12-minute mark, between the 12-minute and probably 18-minute mark, you're probably going to hear one of her wonderful kids who's looking for some help from mom. Um, And so you'll probably hear a little bit of that. But besides that, this episode is absolutely amazing for anyone, especially Enneagram 9s and people who have them in their lives. Listen up. Here we go. Welcome to Do It For The Grammar Enneagram Podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach, Milton Stewart. Today, we continue our series, In Your Skin, where I interview different um, Enneagram types from each each number. And so today, I have a very special guest. I have Haley Simpson, who's an Enneagram 9. Hi, Haley. Hi. All right. Could you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? My name is Haley. I am a social worker by trade, uh, but currently I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I'm focusing on my art right now. Um, I love to work with um, like women's ministries, um, mentoring. I love talking and sort of coaching people, walk, uh, walking with people in their journey, and helping wherever I can. And um, I love to share things that I've been through that I've learned with people. To help. I don't want to do that again. No, that's good. That's okay. fine. You want to do it again? No, I mean kisses. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, that's fine. They might not even catch it. These are really good mics, okay. so it's catching more or less what's here. I'm surprised at some stuff it doesn't catch sometimes. Oh. So it's pretty It's pretty solid. Okay. Um, okay, so um, as I do with um, every guest, so the person who trained me in Enneagram... Mm-hmm. Um, her her thing is that the Enneagram finds us. We don't find it. So my mm-hmm. question is, how did the Enneagram find you? Well, it was actually my sister. Um, and it was about 10 years ago. I was in college. Um, she brought it to us um, one weekend and was talking about, hey, I found this personality test. Can you take it? And of course, I'm like, oh, of course. I love it. Um, and you could tell it's different. Mm-hmm. Than what you're used to in taking a personality test. Right. So it's sort of, um, we took it and it hit the ground running for us. So, And so what's super important is that um, because Haley, it's almost like a pathway to me. I kind of know the Enneagram because it came through Haley, right? And so like it's it, from you knowing it and then you passing it on. And like that's really honestly kind of how it either like ended up being a part of me understanding the Enneagram wow. and getting to know it. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to like the foundation pieces of my Enneagram puzzle. That's crazy. Like, I've never even, yeah. I never even put that together. Seriously. Seriously. So can you, um, can you tell me a little bit about how um, the Enneagram impacts your life and marriage? Oh gosh. In every way. Okay. Um, I would say learning about the Enneagram has, um, saved our marriage in some ways Mm -hmm. um it's helped us to understand ourselves in a way you know i've taken a lot of personality tests and none of them have captured my essence right none of them have been able to point the direction of some of my issues um and i'm talking deep issues spiritual Mm -hmm. issues um and so it's helped especially our marriage by way of understanding each other. Mm -hmm. Um, We're able to point out, hey, that's 
that's kind of a seven thing you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may have led to some arguments, right. but mm. it led to growth. Right. So we, we communicate better. We understand where each other is coming from. We're able to challenge each other. Um, we're able to say the right things mm-hmm. uh, that otherwise I wouldn't have known to say or he wouldn't have known to say to me right. according to my personality type. So, so um, you mentioned this and you, because I know part of your story and you don't have to mention more than what you want to, but like how has the Enneagram helped you with trauma? Because you kind of alluded mm-hmm. to it a little bit of a lot of deep, deep things. And I know you've talked about how the Enneagram has helped you with trauma. Mm -hmm. And if you could speak to that some, I think that would be great for some of my listeners who have trauma, who are going through trauma, and just like the impact of knowing how much that can be possible to help them. Okay. So the first thing I want to say is that trauma changes your personality, Mm. but it doesn't change your essence per se. Right. Um, The trauma events in your life uh, may take you down a different path that you weren't anticipating or wouldn't have usually gone. Uh, but there are always lessons to be learned from those directions, and you, you kind of end up back to yourself anyway. So that's the first thing I want to say is it does alter your personality. Um, I have PTSD, which definitely alters my personality. Um, I may not be as... Mm, nines can sometimes, they're not, they're not known for being melancholy, but I found myself being a melancholy person mm-hmm. because PTSD alters your personality to that extent. Um, so the thing, of, the thing about being, for me being a nine mm-hmm. and having trauma, it has awakened me wow. earlier than I would have been woke. So having trauma in an early age and my trauma being that my father died when I was a toddler, um, growing up with a single mom and in poverty for the most part, um, my mother had depression. I think my mother may have been a nine, um, and she was not awake, but she was a self-help enthusiast. So that put me also on the path of being present and being awakened to myself um, and being open. So a nine could find themselves closed. Even though they're very tolerant people, they're known for being open. Mm-hmm. Man, that stubbornness can kick in and you're like, mm, if that infiltrates me, right. that's going to require some work, some change. Mm-hmm. Um, looking inward towards myself and I'm not really feeling like doing that because I'd rather... <laughs> Do nothing. I'd rather not have the impact. I'd rather right. not make the impact. Right. So some of these heavy concepts that the Enneagram brings about um, make you look into yourself in a way that you're not, you, you may not be ready for it. Right. Um, now, with the thing with trauma is you're not ready for that either. And when it hits your life, you're, you're forced to change or you're, you're going to die because right. it's that extreme. Um, so these traumatic events have opened my eyes to the world around me. I can't really walk around to sleep like I want to. And I do want to, there's, there's something in me that really wants everything to be okay. I really do want a utopia and I can see it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can see potential in people. Um, 
I could see, well, if this were this way, this would all be okay. This would bring, strike about the balance. But when that's not happening, and especially if you have trauma, you really got to come to accept reality, which means letting go of the idealism that the nine often carries around with them. So I'd say that's been the biggest thing with um, trauma is um, opening my eyes despite what I, whether I wanted them open or not, Mm -hmm. having to face feelings, having to face situations, having to face conflict when I definitely didn't want to face conflict, but it was required. And so you, you mentioned um, being awake and I know it's like, I know a lot of nines. And I think for most podcasts or most Enneagram posts, anything, most people are who they, well, they say who look up like different podcasts and really do research is Enneagram nines. Yeah. And so for them, who are on the growth path, who are really trying to actually work it and not just kind of look at it like, oh, this is fun, an Instagram post. Like, right. who's really trying to work it? How would you explain being awake to themselves as a nine? Okay. So in my in my 10 years of experience studying the nine, studying myself, I would have told you 10 years ago that I was awake. Right. I really thought I was. But being where I'm at now, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I still have more awakening to do. Um, there, I heard in one podcast, uh, a nine was saying, I can be in conversation and not really be here. I can give you reactions wow. yeah. and responses and still not be present to where I'm giving you my full self. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because there's a level at which the nine preemptively strikes peace. So, if I'm sitting here, let's say, you know, being a social worker, mm-hmm. wanting to counsel people requires a level of presentness. And so if I'm talking to you and I don't want to be affected by what you're saying, I could turn the switch on where there's there's a there's a blockade mm-hmm. on me that prevents me from being affected, but allows me to dish out the advice, the understanding, the tolerance, but I'm not I'm not really feeling it. There's right. just a little bit of, of a wall. Mm-hmm. And um, I describe that as not being present. Right. To be present is really to be there with the person. And from my journey as having trauma makes it a little different for mm-hmm. me, of course. I don't have the resilience. Trauma really breaks down your resilience. So whatever preemptive piece I was able to do when I was first a social worker, fresh out of college, right. overconfident, <laughs> I'm not able to do that now. Okay. When I'm in with someone, I feel it almost immediately. Right. And it hurts. I can feel it in my body. Mm. Whereas before, that wouldn't have happened. Right. I'd have had that filter. It would have come through my brain and I would have spit out something that was right to say and that was good to say. Right. And it would have probably been helpful, but I wouldn't have been fully present. So there's... um. <sighs> With nines, when you're feeling it in your body, that's a good sign you're present. Mm, the nines, yes. yes. Oh, yes. The nines can not only be emotionally numb, they can be physically numb. Uh, so, it, you know, it can leave them not, um, you know, we, we're supposed to turn to three right. to be healthier. Well, Active, achieving, moving towards yes, your own goals. Yes. yes. Um, and you can find that slothfulness in your body. It right. doesn't mean you're overweight necessarily, but it could, it could mean that you're not addressing issues. 
It could mean you're not accepting things. It could mean you're not making the changes because it's too much effort. So when you're feeling it in your body, nines have to be active. They got to be walking. They got to be bench pressing. They've got to be forcing their body against something because that's really what their mind is supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Their mind is supposed to be in there making that difference in the world, making an impact. And of course, our internal message is, I don't need to be seen or heard. I don't. Yeah. There's a part of us that wants to be seen and heard. But what it requires. Right. Means being there. So our bodies don't want to be there. Our brain doesn't want to be there. And you can just be totally sloth. Mm. You not be lazy, but you can be slothful. And I think that's the important part you hit where the slothfulness, because that people get that confused. And like you yes. said, it can be slothfulness and lazy as in like, I literally don't do anything. Right. But it, a lot of times it looks more like I am not like doing my priorities right. or the thing that needs to be done. Yes. And I know it or I feel or it's inside of me. I'm not doing that. Yes. I'm doing everything else. That's right. But I'm not doing that. Yeah, that's so, right. OK, I think that's super important. Yeah. Does your workplace stink because the culture sucks? Are you tired of tolerating people and wish you could all work together cohesively? Does the mere idea of going into work give you anxiety? If you say yes to any one of these, you should probably quit your job. But since you're not going to quit your job, you should contact Kaizen Careers. At Kaizen Careers, we are all about improving workplace performance. We use a unique tool called the Enneagram. The Enneagram helps individuals and organizations become more self-aware. That self-awareness lends into helping organizations with communication, conflict management, and leadership development, ultimately turning self-awareness into self-mastery and creating healthy workplace cultures so you can improve your services and bottom lines. Contact Kaizen Careers at K-A-I-Z-E-N-C-A-R-E-E-R-S.com or Milton at KaizenCareers.com or give us a call at 901 334 1644. Something else. Um, so in order for a nine to get awake, um, wh- what path did you have to travel? And I want to kind of connect this to okay. um, getting to getting to the anger or the inner mm, anger that nines have. Yeah. Because nines are known as harmony. Yes. yes. If you don't really know a nine, I mean, yeah. there's one, there's one like eights can be aggressive right and everyone has their own angry moments but the one anger i do not want to mess with is a nine yeah yeah it's there can you speak to that song just like the how to become awake because like i think it's going through some of the anger because i heard you speak on it before yeah go ahead so uh the anger has been with me since i was a child Mm -hmm. i my first memories Mm -hmm. are of anger Mm -hmm. and those were my deepest emotions um and they were explosive and I'm a nine with an eight wing. So it was pretty passionate. You right. know, it was really expressive, shocking, mm-hmm. fast, mm-hmm. faster than I would normally move or react to things. Right. And, and of course it was what I call, or what is known as sideways anger. Mm. It was coming out, not at the real issues. Right. It was coming out at other things. I was throwing things. I was hitting things, but it was things that triggered me in, 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 in one little moment that I wasn't expecting. Right. And so, um, as a child, I definitely experienced anger, but would not call myself an angry person. My husband <laughs> has really opened my eyes to my anger because your spouse is a mirror. 
So he actually referred to me in the last few years when my anger has been at its peak. Of course, my PTSD has been at its peak as well. I am so angry and have been so angry at so many things. Um, and to not feel that, you really got to know where the anger's coming from. Right. A lot of times we don't. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to explode over the spilt milk. Right. It's not the spilt milk. Or mayonnaise. Yeah, right. Yeah, we'll tell that story later. Right. <laughs> it's, it's 50 other things right. that are deeply, personally affecting me. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it can be political. I can watch something on the news right. um, and be very, dis- my peace is very disturbed by it. Um, my reality is disturbed by it. Uh, but I don't get angry about it. I get the sideways anger when I'm spilling the milk or the mayonnaise. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, but when you start to feel the anger, and I want to talk about a healthy anger. I want to talk about an empowerment. Please do. Yes. I want to talk about a movement. Anger really pushes you to move. Again, nines, we got to make some force. We right. got to make some pressure in the world. Our anger can lead to movement. It's really sometimes for nines, nines can really want something but just sit on it for years. I'm talking decades until something pushes them to move. And a lot of times that's anger. A lot of times we get fed up and we get to a point where now we're ready because we've been pushed to to the point or the person in our life is tired of waiting for something to happen. And then we make it happen. It's, it's the same with the anger. When we can tap into what's making us angry, guess what? There's going to be conflict. It's going to be uncomfortable. We're going to feel something in our body, either in our gut, most likely, um, or in our fists. We're going to feel a tension. Um, If we can focus in on that tension, focus in on what's making me angry. And I'm going to give you an example. I could walk around with a bad mood and it's... I I could attribute it to something else, something maybe minuscule, and that's where my anger will go. Um, When I look at the deeper issue, I'm angry at how someone talked to me, maybe a close friend, but guess what? I'm not going to address them because I don't want the conflict. Um, But I know they're inside me. I have the words to say inside me. I can make an impact. I can do something that's actually going to take the relationship a step further Mm -hmm. to where we're even closer with the conflict. But I don't want the conflict so bad. I don't want the peace shaken so bad that it's going to come out after spilled milk. It's easier for me to get mad over spilled milk. Hopefully you have found some value in this podcast episode. You can help to keep this podcast going by supporting us on Patreon.com. Patreon.com is a site where you can support content providers. Podcasts are free to listeners, but not free for creators. It actually costs money and definitely time to produce consistent and weekly podcasts. I podcast because I want to reach people and change our community through the Enneagram. If you want to help in that by supporting me, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash do it for the gram. All right. So switching it up a little bit, what would you say um, is the best part about being a nine? 
Oh man. Um. Hmm. I really like understanding everyone's perspectives. Mm. Okay. More so now because I have boundaries. Mm-hmm. And because I have my own opinions about things, right. I can hear everyone's perspective now and understand it. And it doesn't suck me into, oh, I have to totally agree, or I do totally agree, or do I totally agree? Right. I don't go through that as much anymore. Mm-hmm. It makes me question things in a healthy, non-pressure way. But I love understanding people. I love being able to hear two different sides of things. And I get it. It's like I can feel it. I can feel what they're feeling about mm. the situation. Um, and I have seen that work in situations of conflict. And it really make a difference. Um, when I do feel peace, I like the feeling. Mm, okay. I have, uh, I got, I have stuff so much work to do in reference to true peace, right. which is totally different from the false or idealistic peace that we can find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the true peace coming from the hard work and the conflict and the difficulty and not being at peace for a minute. That piece on the other side of that is amazing. Right. It's true. And it's deep. It's not a, it's not just a quiet moment in your life. It's not just a preemptive uh, self-defense mechanism. It's, it's an actual, hey, I can sit in any situation and I, I, I'm okay. Right. I'm going to be okay. That was my exact thought. I was yeah. like, you just being like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I don't need or require any extra yeah uh, i'm not lacking i'm good yeah like right now yeah and i i bring that up because i was thinking the last time i really felt like peace peace yeah was after my certification program me and a couple of us went to the beach mm-hmm. and there was this moment where it was um me and three of the other like students or Mm -hmm. graduates and we were on the beach and we literally stood side by side and as the sun was going down because like the afternoon right before like you know the sun's about to go down and so we're just standing there looking out into the distance in california on this beach just quiet for like 10 minutes straight yeah and it was just the most peaceful thing i've ever done in my life yeah like it was feet on the sand and just looking out at the water, at other people, yeah. and it's like a cool breeze coming. Wow. And it's just, it was the most peaceful thing that's ever happened in my life. Yeah. And it wasn't just because of the beach, but it was also because of the work we did before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So emotionally, spiritually, yeah. mentally, I was at peace. Yeah. Like, and it was, it was crazy. It was yeah. really weird. And we all did at the same time. It was the craziest part. And nobody messed it up by like, oh, I'm going to say something. Yeah. It was just a moment of like, like straight peace. Like, hmm, I'm good. Yeah. It's a beautiful oh, feeling. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, oh. Yeah. That piece is something, yeah, working towards. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Aren't we all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so what would you say is um, something that people misunderstand about nines or you would say? Um, or misunderstand about you? Some of the things I've heard either my whole life or over the years just from people close to me is the 
laziness factor. When they hear, mm-hmm. they don't say it before, but when they hear that word sloth, all of a sudden, or laziness, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, 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 or is this that um, the being lazy part? Or wow, mm-hmm. you know, just little comments like that. And I'm like, you're not really getting it. Mm-hmm. I have projects. Mm-hmm. I have ambitions. I do move at a slower pace, though. One thing about nines, and, and you'll find this with, um, and I got I got to take it to a cultural level. Take it deep. So, in other countries, being a nine can be easier. Mm-hmm. Some countries, some cultures, especially tribal cultures, are predominantly nines. But we live in a three society that is run by sixes. a six can thrive here Mm -hmm. because we're fear-based anxiety is praised Mm -hmm. it's worshipped if you're anxious you're doing something you got a lot going on um and for nines one one of our beliefs is that i actually don't have to do anything to prove myself but we sure can get caught up in that Mm-hmm. when that's who you're surrounded by. And so, for instance, being married to a seven who is very ambitious, very <laughs> grass is greener. He's got a vision for the next 50 years of our whole life <laughs> together. I can see it. You know, yeah. when he says it, I can see it. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that actually may not happen. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, it's there, the, the vision. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can draw the picture. Um and he's a six wing. So we have anxiety in our house. Wow. Some of it's my anxiety from my stuff mm-hmm. that I go through. And um, just because you're a nine doesn't mean you can't be anxious. That's right. So uh, it's hard being a nine mm-hmm. in a society that it requires a five-year plan. Mm-hmm. It requires ambition right. um, and drive. Those are really heavy words for nines. Um, and so I used to not, ha- I used to be a little more lax about, I remember, okay, one of my earliest memories of, oh, this is going to be an issue. And looking back, I'm like, the, really the message was, oh, being a nine is going to be an issue. <laughs> That's what really what I was thinking, but I didn't know about being a nine when I was in high school. Um, I was a junior and I started getting those, what are you going to, what are you going to do? In college, what are you going to be? What is this? What's that? What's your, what's your five-year plan? Are you going to blah, 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 blah. I'm literally, I have no plans. I was like, mm, I'll probably go to cosmetology school because I like doing hair and makeup. Mm. No, you can't do that. Oh, no, you got to go to college. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, that pushed me to a... I would say challenged me on one hand, on a good hand, it challenged me to see um, some of my deeper gifts that are a little more rewarding. On the other hand, I I don't know that I was ready for that. I don't know that that would have been my natural go-to decision, but I did it because of the ambition that was kind of pushed on me. Um, And so I can actually, sometimes when I'm slowing down, and when I feel like I'm in a healthier place, I can actually see, hey, I don't got to rush to do anything. Now, when I turn to a six, which is my 
mm-hmm. go to for stress. Oh, the pressure's on. And now I'm a little appearance oriented, which is unlike me naturally. So I, you know, you take on a lot of the um, unhealthy attributes of a six. So that can get dark. That can get difficult quickly. But um, I would say just the misinterpretation of the laziness factor. Like I'm actually, that doesn't mean I'm never lazy. Yeah. But innately, I actually am very interested in things. I don't actually like to sit around day in and day out doing nothing. I like to have stuff going on. I like mm-hmm. to take my kids places and do stuff and be active. But when I need to take a day, right. I need to take a day. And I can do nothing that day. You know what I mean? Right. And be totally okay. But that, you know, the slow pace of things, the slow thinking about things, the meandering about talking about things, all mm-hmm. of that can be misinterpreted. And it's not, um, there's not an appreciation for it. Right. Of the slowness that I desire in my life or the simplicity. Right. So I'd say that's been the biggest thing. Other thing is my anger. Oh. Yes. Mm. See, people people don't understand unless they like are in like a really close relationship with like a nine. Yeah. They don't really understand. Yeah. They misunderstand because um I think because nines can go with the flow so much yeah. that growing up sometimes people can try to push them over and try to oh definitely yeah, like oh yeah add to it like because well, I, I know that happens and then it's like oh this is the one the, the straw that broke the camel's back yep yep that's exactly what but happens. the reason it broke his back because there's a million other straws beneath it mm-hmm. go ahead yeah oh that you're describing a good portion of my relationships right i tend to go towards maybe more dominant relationships Mm -hmm. they're exciting they're fun they're not you know what i mean it's all good it's all good you you had experience and so most of my friends like looking back were a little more you know they were different types than Mm -hmm. me and um man i was bullied right that's essentially what happened i was too trusting i was very naive Mm -hmm. i was very pollyanna looking looking like oh everything's everything's kind of good why would you be mad at me i would (laughs) literally get confused when somebody would be upset like why can't we just talk about this you know but they're fuming Mm -hmm. but so after all that bullying would pile on yeah then the explosion happened and it's confusing for them Mm. or if i um assert myself from the anger Mm. oh they're confused it's very confusing oh now you have wants (laughs) now you have opinions and then they come so strong, you know, the opinions right. all of a sudden, it's like, oh, where do you want to go? You know, I don't know. Well, let's go talk about. No, I don't want to talk about what, you know, <laughs> of course, it's bigger topics than that. But yeah, right, right. it's definitely confusing. Nines are perceived as being humble, mm-hmm. unselfish, docile even. Right. And in reality, there's either they are that way or they're actually not. Right. They just don't want the conflict that comes with being themselves. Right. So, you know, it, it's, I, I got to look at the other perspective and say that that's confusing, mm-hmm. especially for a spouse, for friends, right. in my relationships. When I get to that point where I'm, and, and I'm kind of there now, mm-hmm. a lot of my relationships have changed because I don't have as much of a filter as I used to. 
I care little less about what you think about me. Yeah. Um, I'm more expressive of my anger and my passion. Um, I assert myself more and it does create conflict in my relationships, but I'm also rewarded by being myself. Right. I'm also rewarded by working through the conflict. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a difficult one. Yeah. I think it's so important though, cause you mentioned how working through conflict yeah. and rearranging or even uh, moving on from some friendships that oh, were yeah. not beneficial for you. Yeah. And so I think that's super important for nine. So you can actually be your authentic self. Yes. Like, I think that's super yeah. important, like what you were hitting. Yeah. At. And so if you have one piece of advice or advice for nines yeah. um, to help them grow, get better, heal, what would that be? Don't be afraid. Hmm. Expound. There's whatever's holding you back from the confrontation. You know it needs to be faced. You know you need to say something sometimes. You know you're going to have to choose a side sometimes. You know you're going to have to choose a side and be wrong sometimes. Um, you know you're going to need to have a reaction that's genuine in a genuine moment. Don't be afraid. I'm just, an, it's really easier said than done. But on the other side of that, man, that's the piece you're really wanting. What you have now with the numbing out, with the going into a fantasy, with the um, not living like with any inertia like not moving forward at all i'm just gonna stay here in this little comfort zone where it's safe where i know there's peace i'm, I'm in my routine i got this going um on the other side of that there's a lot of reward that you've never even felt before there's a lot of i just got what i wanted wow there's a taking a stand and knowing that's exactly what i believe and oh, that person important to me doesn't believe that. And we're still cool. Right. The more it happens, the, the more genuine you become. And it does take practice. It takes time. Um, just, I'm, I'm just, the fear factor is so strong and prevents you from actually living in your true self. Yes. So. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And I think something else I just want to hit on because I know you know a lot about social work, you know mm -hmm. a lot about counseling. Um, can you just speak to the importance of um, not only the Enneagram, but also like therapy, counseling, mm -hmm. all these things are super important because we have big T's and little T's, which right. is big trauma and little trauma right. in our lives sometimes. Well, a lot of us all the time, but uh, we have those things that happen in our past or may happen eventually and we need help to get through them yeah. if we're going to continue to be healthy yeah. and whole yeah so the thing about um with social work and counseling uh what comes to mind is for nines as counselors mm. nines as social workers um being present is huge right. uh being genuine is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Not being afraid of feeling it. Um, there's, oh man, there's a lot to be said about that in reality because 
Sorry, nines, but it requires a lot of work to heal. And your preemptive piece, which usually comes with a lot of more, um, I'd, I won't say cliche, that's a strong word, but sometimes, depending on how unhealthy you are, you're walking around with a lot of cliches to try to get you through things and situations, and you're limiting yourself with those mantras. Mantras are excellent. I use them in my recovery. I use them in my growth. I say affirmations on a daily basis to help me through things. But some of the mantras like, oh, that's okay. Well, are you minimizing? Is it actually a big deal that needs to be addressed, but you just don't want to address it? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, the hard work pays off. The, the things I have to do in reference to my trauma require daily action. That's hard. I have to call people friends and support groups. I got to go to support groups. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, that's movement. That's action. I have to on a regular basis in therapy um, address really hard stuff and feel it and do somatic work. And on top of that, I got to go work out. I got to eat better. It is so overwhelming to constantly be bombarded with, oh, you also have to do this. You also have to do this. You have to, I'm like, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And then once I'm left alone, now now I'm angry because my life ain't better. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. What's required, what you're really wanting, which you can, if you're a nine, you can see. You can see past it. You can see, oh, crap, it's really going to require all that, isn't it? And sometimes you don't want to believe it requires all that. Um, but to do it is so fulfilling. It's the peace you're looking for. I think I think that's I think something that I was thinking about. Um, someone on Instagram, um, I don't have his name right now, but he was doing the Enneagram and at first he thought he was a two mm-hmm. and then like through some questions I kinda worked with him, found out he's a nine. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't sure he was a two or anything like that, so we worked through it, came out to a nine. But um he said what was interesting, he said, Oh man, I thought I had got away with just um growing was like taking care of myself Mm. and so that made me think of like for the seven and the nine honestly our growth paths like the sevens ours is through pain and Mm -hmm. the nines is through like pent up repressed um anger yes and so that's also pain so like ours both our paths which is everybody's path is tough for them because of their makeup you know their uh enneagram type makeup but it's interesting. Ours is pretty rough. Like, yeah, like yeah. it's it's um go, yeah. having to go through um painful anger, yes. having to go through pain and all and like actually confront these things. Yeah. It's really it um is. it's a lot, yeah. you know. And so the 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 journey is interesting. You know, yeah. it's not self care necessarily in right. in the sense of yeah. just a generic self care. It's like yeah, you gotta address that now. Yeah. Go well, ahead. and that's what I mean by. Even saying self-care, a nine is pretty willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh, that sounds interesting, you right. know, <laughs> and that sounds very Zen-like. Mm-hmm. Right, right. We're all about the Zen, the balance, the peace that comes from that. Mm-hmm. Um, man, sometimes it's the type of self-care we'll delve into. It's not actually what we're needing. Right. It could be. It could help. Mm-hmm. But uh, sometimes you need more than yoga. Right. Sometimes you need more than the Zen feeling. Sometimes you need the Zen feeling and the really hard feeling. 
Um, and can I just, you said the seven and a nine going through that. I have to address. Oh, please do. Chris and I being married. <laughs> please do. Please do. This is, yeah. Being married to a seven with a six wing. I'm a nine with an eight wing. So we've been married for 10 years. And yes, yes, one of the earliest things we read in the Enneagram about the nine and seven relationship is sometimes they're not going to address issues. Like you just said, we don't want to linger in the negative feelings for very long. Right. True. And I'm going to, he's going to rationalize in his seven way and I'm going to rationalize in my nine way. <laughs> and we're going to come to a really peaceful agreement pretty quickly. Right. But guess what? It's going to come back up. Mm. And so for the first, oh, man, seven years, <laughs> six or yeah. seven years, yeah. we would have bursts of anger and conflict because like I said, like you said, everything's being pent up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pent up hurt. Right. Um, and then there's a lot of pent up anger, which on both sides create resentment. So now not only when you get to a point of healing and recovery and um, diving into self, now you're addressing your own issues and you're bombarded with pain. But now you're bombarded with pain together. It's very difficult. So whereas before we needed daily conflict to actually get to understanding and get to the depth of situations, we're not having that until now. So now it's like every other day we're talking about hard, difficult things, mm-hmm. hard feelings, I misunderstandings. Well, I felt this way 10 years ago. Well, we, we have to address that now, you know, and, but we're becoming more resilient. I think we're surprised at the resilience we've found. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're building that resilience as a couple. So it's, it's a very difficult process. It's possible. And it's also very beautiful on the other side. When you come to see your spouse in a way you haven't seen them and you've known them for, I've known Chris for 12 years, 12, 13 years. Um, and I can honestly say that now I'm really, really knowing him. Right. I'm not just knowing the fun, adventurous, you know, I saw Chris go through depression. Right. He stopped singing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. When Chris is happy, he's walking around the house rapping and singing and yeah. doing all that. I saw him stop doing that for a while. And so he's got more balance and that means he's got more feelings and more hurt that he's addressing on a regular basis. Good for him. Hard for me. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, wait, who is this? Yeah. And then on the same, um, on that same line, he told me, um, in the last couple of years, he said, you know, I know, I know you're really, you're really there and you're really working on something when from the conflict I have with you comes peace. See, when I'm when I'm messed up in anger and idealism and just in general to say not reality, mm-hmm. what I think it should be, all that, whatever's spurring my anger, then comes the passive aggressiveness, wow. the resentment, the bitterness, the anger. Mm-hmm. But if I got that healthy anger that's just passionate and willing to work it we come to a good place it takes longer but it's it lasts longer it's more fulfilling so i've got to say i just had to touch on that because um in relationships especially with the nine and seven it can be hard so oh great no yeah 
That was great. And I love how you phrase it as healthy anger. Yeah. Because I think people need there to understand that. There is a healthy anger that. with nines and it's possible. Right. Yeah. I think that's so important. Um, that's uh, about all I have today. You have anything else you want to add in? Right, right. No, it's this is I good. Could. We're, we're gonna have you on again. Okay. We're gonna have you on again because uh, this is way too good. Uh, this is definitely gonna be two episodes too, maybe okay. three. Okay. I think it's gonna be three. <laughs> um, okay, so we're wrapping it up. Um, all right. Thanks for listening uh, to the podcast. Thank you so much, Haley. That was absolutely amazing. Thank you for having me. Oh, no Giving problem. Giving me a voice. I no problem. It. No problem. Um, and so, if you need career um, coaching or Enneagram coaching, you can go to kaizencareers.com or contact me at Milton at kaizencareers.com. Um, if you are looking for type discovery or you need uh, life direction, career direction, anything very specific to you, I do that. I'm a certified Enneagram coach. And so you can reach me once again at kaizencareers.com or 901-334-1644. Also, um, please rate, subscribe, and share the podcast. If you feel that this can be helpful to someone that you know, please rate, share, and subscribe. It's going to help a lot of different people, hopefully. And I'm constantly doing things to try to grow the show and actually really provide value and content uh, for listeners. Um, also, if you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. And um, the reason for that is because podcasts are free for listeners, but they're not free for those who provide it. So uh, if you want to keep this podcast going, um, definitely you can go to patreon.com and uh, support, uh, which will be great. If you're a nine and you're skating through life and things just don't seem to be going right, you're not achieving the goals you want, you're not going towards the things you want, and you're just allowing um, that anger to be kind of locked away, though you know it's there, cut that and do it for the gram, the Enneagram, of course. We'll see you next time. Thanks.